Welcome to the Daring DVM podcast, the veterinary podcast that teaches you how to use psychology, coaching, and your doctor brain to rewire your mind and get what you want in life. If your life is not what you had imagined it would look like 10 years ago, and you're desperately looking for ways to make it how you thought it would be, then this podcast is for you. I am your host, Dr. Amy Grimm, Certified Veterinary Life Coach, Goal-Getting Girl, and Life Work Alignment Pro. All right, all right, all right, all right, everyone. Welcome to another episode where we talk about doing hard things, like having difficult conversations. Yay, so good. You are listening to episode number 26 of the Daring DVM podcast. And today we are going to build on last week's episode about having difficult conversations. When it comes to having these types of conversations, I like to break them down into three main sections. The time before the conversation, the time during the conversation, and the time after the conversation. In last week's episode, we covered how to have a difficult conversation, that is, the time during. This week, I'll be sharing some tips and techniques to help you before and after. So, let's dive in. How can you better prepare for these types of conversations? And what are some practices to implement afterwards? How to prepare for challenging communication exchanges is practically as crucial as the conversation itself. The clarity and purpose with which we enter the conversation, our desired outcome, and how we present ourselves and show up for the conversation really make a huge difference. The tools that I'm sharing with you will help you to prepare yourself before having a face-to-face conversation with the other person. Usually, the subject matter of these types of conversations is challenging and it can be uncomfortable. So in order to prepare yourself as best as possible, my invitation to you is that you spend enough time working on yourself before trying to work it out with the other person. Most of us don't enjoy having these difficult conversations in the first place, right? But it's even worse when we go in without a clear plan and without doing the work on ourselves ahead of time. When you don't take time to prepare, it's more difficult to feel calm and confident. You may not be clear in your purpose or what you're asking of the other person. You may show up in a way that is not supportive or even creates more tension or more misunderstanding which only creates conflict and escalates emotions further. So, in short, preparing for a difficult conversation is really freaking important. You can use these principles and they will be helpful with any type of conversation and with anybody really, but these are specifically useful if you know that this is going to be an emotionally charged or difficult conversation. These practices will also help you get your head in the game, especially if you don't really want to have the conversation or you're not looking forward to it. So the first thing to acknowledge is that when you bring up a topic or want to have a difficult conversation, it is perfectly okay for the other person to get upset. You may have the best intentions and it is still okay for the other person to feel upset. 
When we think about the self-coaching model, we know that the reason they are upset is because their brain is offering them upsetting thoughts. It's really not about you, remember? Now, at the same time, we know that we don't want to just approach the conversation not caring at all about the other person. It's not going to benefit you if you tell them that you're just stating your truth and their feelings and opinions don't matter. That is a recipe for a poor conversation. We do want to be aware that it is going to be challenging for us to manage our mind and our emotions in this conversation, and therefore, it's also going to be difficult for the other person to manage their mind and their emotions. We need to be kind and compassionate, not only towards ourselves, but towards the person with whom we'll be communicating. These conversations are difficult because what you're going to say may be difficult to hear, and, you know, it may be upsetting. And while you can be as kind as possible, you also know that you cannot control what the other person thinks. And that is so important to remember. You cannot control the other person. You do not want to be manipulative or controlling with what you are saying to them. You need to accept beforehand that there will be conversations where the other person is going to be upset, and that is okay. No matter how they respond, you still have your own back. You know that their emotions have nothing to do with you. It is their own thoughts that are creating their emotion. Now, the flip side is that you want to remember that you are also allowed to feel upset. And you need to have compassion for your own feelings and to allow for them. This is why it is so important to get into a clean thinking space beforehand. If you enter into a communication exchange from a place of anger or hostility, then you are not going to show up as the best version of yourself during that conversation. And the other person is going to pick up on that. Our nervous systems are constantly scanning for safety and danger. So if you are not in a clean mind space, then the other person's nervous system will likely scan you as a threat. And this will immediately make them unreceptive and defensive toward you. So clean your shit up first. Your conversation will not get very far if you have not first worked through your own thoughts and emotions. It's very helpful to spend time allowing your emotions and processing them before ever engaging in the difficult conversation. You want to clean up your thinking and manage your mind so that you can show up as the person you want to be in that moment. Remember, your mindset matters. If you go in thinking, this is going to be dreadful and messy and awkward and horrible, it probably will be. But if you truly hold on to the intention that whatever happens, some good will come of it, then that's much more likely to be the case. So adjust your attitude. A mindset of genuine goodwill, partnership, and positive solution will likely lead to a more helpful outcome. This takes us right into step two of preparing for your conversation. Decide ahead of time how you want to feel and how you want to show up in the conversation. Be clear on who you want to be and how you want to act. So, Step one, manage your mind and your thoughts ahead of time to get yourself into a space where you can have a difficult conversation and recognize that the other person will be having similar emotions. And then step two is to think of the thoughts and emotions that you want 
to create beforehand as these will help anchor you during your communication exchange. I like to create emotions like compassion, kindness, and curiosity and bring these with me to the conversation. Other people find creating the emotion of confusion to be helpful so that they can purposefully show up in a more open and curious manner. Also, think about the thoughts that you want to have access to during the communication exchange. These thoughts will help you stay anchored in these emotions. So for example, thoughts like, I wonder how this is affecting the other person. I wonder what the other person thinks about this. I wonder if I'm being kind in this moment. If you can stay open and remain curious during your conversation, then you are much more likely to have a successful one. When thinking about steps one and two, it is also helpful to consider the type of relationship that you have with the other person. Is this a close relationship? Is this a personal or a professional one? This will help you think in terms of the bigger picture. It will help you remember that you are on the same team and to focus on having a relationship rather than being right. Remember the concept of life being 50-50? This applies to conversations too. Both of you are going to be right and both of you are going to be wrong in some capacity. And that is a really helpful thing to remember. Take a walk in their shoes. Consider, what might the other person be experiencing in this situation? How might they see things differently? Are they even aware there's a problem? What could they be thinking and feeling about this? What do you imagine might be their need and concern? What solution to this problem might be agreeable for them? Taking all of this into account ahead of time will help you remain curious and compassionate and approach them with an intent to understand. Seeking to understand is the key to conflict resolution. If you take nothing else away from these two episodes, remember that seeking to understand is the key to conflict resolution. And go in with goodwill for goodness sake. Often when we need to have a difficult conversation, we think about the other person as an adversary. But remember, the whole reason you're even having a conversation in the first place is because you care. So reframe adversary to ally. If you have an attitude that promotes understanding and healing, and you can offer helpful solutions and clarity, then you are so much more likely to have an open, honest, and kind conversation. Step three is to get really clear on the facts ahead of time. There is a lot of thought work and mind management that you need to do before any kind of challenging conversation, and this is why it is so important to have a regular practice of thought work and self-coaching. What I would offer is that you write things down so you can get clear on the facts versus your story. Separate the data from the drama. Remember, facts are things that can be proven in a court of law or they are something that everybody can agree on. If everybody cannot agree on it, then it is just an opinion. So check your story. Ask yourself, what are my assumptions here? What am I making up about this other person, their intentions, or their motives? You can't possibly know what the other person is thinking or why they did what they did. And when you have a story about it, you may notice that you feel hurt, angry, disrespected, or even disappointed. I'm not angry with you. I'm just disappointed. Classic, right? Be very careful. Impact does not equal intent. Also, 
check in with how the situation might be triggering or bringing up things from your past. Is this person pushing your buttons in a way that is familiar? Is this a pattern in your life? How does the situation play into your own personal history, your own securities or fears or anxieties? Separating fact from fiction will really help you set the stage for a more productive conversation. When you show up with the daughter, you will not experience as much of the drama that is coloring your own thoughts, opinions, and emotions. Getting clear on the facts will also help you own your part in things. In situations where there's any kind of tension or conflict, it's totally natural to focus on what the other person did that is disagreeable to you. Now, this can be useful in helping you get clear on what the issue is and what you'd like to change, but be aware. Fixating on the quote-unquote wrongs done by others tends to increase your own stress and it makes you more rigid in your own view. This makes it harder for you to be objective and it makes it harder for you to remember the good qualities about the other person and that you're working to have a relationship not just to be right about everything. So turn inwards and own your part in the situation. Ask yourself, how may I have contributed to the problem? We all have flaws and faults and times when we're out of integrity with ourselves. We all have times when we were selfish or treat people as if they don't really matter or where we don't communicate our needs or we fall short of our responsibilities. So just check in with yourself, honestly and gently and kindly, and acknowledge what is your own part in the situation. Okay, now step four is to get clear on your intention or goal for the conversation. Why do you even want to have this conversation? What's the purpose? Knowing your intention will help you prepare for the conversation and determine how you show up during the conversation. Who are you having this conversation with? Your mother, your husband, your child, your boss, your colleague, a client, one of your friends? Part of how you determine how you will show up will depend on who you are having the conversation with. So why do you want to have this conversation? Is it because you need something? Is it because you want something? Is it because you think you have done something wrong? Or you think the other person has done something wrong? Or you think the other person thinks that you have done something wrong? Get clear on your why and your motivation. Be very honest with yourself during the step, because sometimes our motivation is that we want to change the other person. And this is not something we can do, remember? It's always okay to make a request of another person, but you cannot change them because you cannot control them. So make sure that your motivation aligns with your purpose. It's super important to watch out for hidden motives. What is this really about? For instance, you may start out believing that your purpose is to educate someone about what they said or did. And as you're doing this work, you realize that maybe there's a little bit of a hidden motive to get back at them or punish them or call them out in some way. Sometimes we realize that our quote-unquote good intentions are actually just underlying motives. So be really honest with yourself up front. Along with the purpose, also consider your desired outcome for the conversation. What would a successful conversation even look like? How are you going to determine whether this is successful or not? 
prepare ahead of time so you can set your expectations. For example, what does the best result look like to you? What would be the worst result? What do you think is the most likely result? What do you think would be a good compromise? When you anticipate these things ahead of time, you can get your brain ready for them. Why is this important? Because we cannot control the other person and we cannot change them. But we can make requests and try to influence them. Now listen closely, friends. Influencing does not mean manipulating. Manipulation is when you try to control the other person. Influencing is being open and inviting and offering solutions. When you approach the conversation this way, you are much more likely to have a successful discourse and get better results. Think of what it feels like when somebody is rarely demanding or tells you what to do. Think of how defensive you can become in those moments. This is what you are trying to avoid doing to the other person. Now think of a time when someone was supportive and encouraging of you and offered suggestions or solutions. How much easier was it for you to hear them out and possibly come to a compromise or an agreement? This is the difference between influence and manipulation. Step six is to work on regulating yourself and your nervous system ahead of time. This is different than managing your mind. This is a very important step, but one that we often overlook. Your autonomic nervous system functions on autopilot. When your nervous system is activated and you are in a stress response, you lose access to your thinking skills. This is super unhelpful when you are trying to have a difficult conversation. In order for you to manage your mind and show up as your best self, you need to operate from a place of calmness and regulation. This means checking in with your body and evaluating your own safety first. You do this by asking yourself, am I safe? Am I empirically safe? Am I in any real danger here? Is there a reason that I need to feel this stressed or activated? Most of the time, the answer is no. We do not need to feel this stressed about the situation. The only thing that's happened is that your nervous system has perceived this difficult conversation as a threat, even though it is not empirically a danger. If you can remind yourself of this and that you are safe, then you can calm yourself down and put yourself in a much better position and mindset for your conversation. You need to do this in order to do all of the mind management. Once you have reminded yourself that you are safe, then check in with your body. A relaxed body cannot house stress. So notice in your body the areas where you feel any tenseness or tightness and consciously and actively relax these areas and do some deep breathing and stretching ahead of time. Also remember that when you are participating in the communication exchange, it is very likely that your sympathetic nervous system will get reactivated. This is completely normal. You need to anticipate this ahead of time. You need to expect that you will have to regulate yourself over and over and over during the conversation. Focus on your breathing and relaxing your muscles softening your tone, softening your gaze, and these will all signal to your body that you are actually safe in that moment. Doing these things will also signal to the other person's nervous system that they are not in any danger. It will allow them to feel a sense of safety too. 
And finally, step seven. This ties into last week's episode, which is the first step of having the difficult conversation. Remember to get consent before starting the conversation. Ask the other person, when would be a good time to talk? You want to create an environment where you can both be physically, mentally, and emotionally available for the communication exchange. Okay, friends, I know this seems like a lot of prep work, but what I can tell you is that the more prepared you are, the better the conversation will be. If you've done enough preparation and you have managed your mind and you have regulated your nervous system before entering the conversation, then you will be in a much cleaner space and you will be more able to remain calm and compassionate. Because of this, your conversation will probably be better and the results may even be more favorable. Of course, we have to remember that we cannot control the other person and that at the end of the conversation, we will still have to accept whatever their decision is. So remember, no matter the outcome of the conversation, you are still in charge of your own emotions. If the conversation does not go well or is not successful or you do not get the result that you want, remember that you can handle it. No matter what, you can choose how you want to feel about the conversation and the outcome, and you can then choose how you want to take action from there. It is so empowering to realize this, as well as acknowledging all the work that you can do ahead of time in order to set yourself up for success. So that was preparing for a difficult conversation. Now I want to spend a few minutes discussing phase three, after the conversation, the conversation review. This is helpful in helping you understand what went well or did not go well in your preparation and during the conversation. It will help you better prepare and show up for future conversations. Ask yourself, what went well? What didn't go well? What would I do differently in the future? We can always learn from every single communication exchange that we have. What I would offer is to first ask yourself what went well, because when we first acknowledge what went well, it helps us be more factual in acknowledging what did not go well. Remember, be kind and compassionate to yourself and the other person and get curious about how you could improve next time. Don't focus on the other person. The other person is not within your control. The only thing you can control for future conversations is yourself. Spend time acknowledging what went well and congratulate yourself for showing up and doing the work, regardless of whether you made mistakes or it didn't go as well as you'd hoped or you didn't get the result that you wanted. You are a beautiful human being who is constantly learning and improving and you will become better and better with each one of these conversations. The more that you practice them and the more that you review them, it will become easier. It's perfectly okay to mess up and to keep trying. Life is 50-50. So this means that no matter how well prepared you are and how good your intentions are, 50% of the time you may still not achieve your desired outcome. And that is okay. What's important is that you did the work on yourself and you showed up as your best possible self in the situation. You have your own back. 
Now, before we wrap up, what if you're the person who is being approached to have a difficult communication exchange? You can do all these things too. Sure, you don't have the full benefit of preparation, but you can also regulate yourself before beginning the conversation and think of ways in which you can extend kindness and compassion and understanding. Remember, the other person is approaching you about something that is important to them. It is scary for them to approach you. So listen with an intention to understand. Also, remember that it is okay to initiate a follow-up conversation. Everything does not need to be resolved in this one conversation in this one moment. The conversation can take as long as it needs to take. Therefore, you also have the opportunity to review the conversation factually and ask yourself what went well, what didn't go well, and what can you improve upon. You also have the opportunity to prepare for the next conversation. When you consistently do this without being overcome by mind drama, you too will learn to better communicate during difficult communication exchanges. Every single person in this world is trying to do their best and is also a work in progress. So hopefully next time you are involved in a challenging conversation, you will find these tools and practices helpful. Do the prep work ahead of time, manage your mind, regulate your nervous system, decide ahead of time how you want to show up, who you want to be during the conversation, clarify your purpose, clarify your desired result, continue to regulate yourself and manage your mind all the way through the conversation, stick to the facts, stick to one topic, seek to understand the other person. Let the other person have their emotions. You take responsibility for your emotions and you let them own theirs. Accept the results of the conversation no matter what and evaluate the conversation after the fact. When you keep integrating these practices into your difficult conversations, they will become easier and easier. I'm not going to lie to you and tell you that these conversations will magically become enjoyable, but they will become easier and more manageable, and you are much more likely to feel successful and heard at the end of them. And of course, the invitation to you this week is to practice this. Practice preparing for a challenging communication exchange. Start small. It doesn't have to be a huge issue. Or, if that seems too overwhelming, just practice these steps with a neutral conversation or a casual positive one that you know you can have. Start small, practice, review, and refine. Consistency and practice is how you will make this work easier, and it will help you create more resilience in your life and develop confidence in yourself to go out and create the life that you want. My hope is that this brings you more fulfilling relationships, less stress, and greater mental resilience and strength. If you know someone who you think might benefit from listening to this episode, then please share it with them. Sharing it with them could really help them feel better and improve the quality of their life. And if you found this episode helpful, please subscribe to the podcast and leave a comment or review. This helps me reach more people and share this type of information with those who want it. 
And as always, if you want more support in developing mental strength, building your own resilience, and creating relationships that you love, come follow me on Instagram at DaringDVM or visit the Daring DVM website to sign up for a free coaching session. I love sharing this information and I love supporting your curiosity. So if you want to see what coaching is all about, come check it out. No strings attached, I promise. Okay, everyone, thanks again for tuning in. I love who you are, and even more than that, I love who you are becoming. Dare to dream. If you love what you're learning in this podcast, you have to come coach with me in my Daring DVM coaching program. It's where you get individual help applying these concepts to your own life. This is where we address your challenges, crush your goals, and create your dream life. It's where I help other veterinarians who are struggling, just like I once was, to create and cultivate their dream life too. Helping you is my favorite thing to do, and it will change your life. I guarantee it. Come coach with me at www daringdvm.com forward slash coaching that's daringdvm.com forward slash coaching i cannot wait to meet you dare to dream <laughs>